Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Observer's Notebook podcast, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, otherwise known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $18 a year. Find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find the ALPO on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy, and also the Observer's Notebook also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. This episode is a very special one. Uh, direct from Kosovo, we have uh, Pranvera Heisen. She is the director of the uh, astronomy outreach of Kosovo. And they currently got approval from the government to build a planetarium and an observatory in Kosovo, the very first planetarium and observatory in the country. She's an amazing young woman. Um, we had a little audio problems because we do it through Skype and we dropped out a couple times, but it really didn't affect the quality of the overall podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the podcast. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Today we have a very special guest, all the way from Kosovo, uh, Pranvera. Hi, Simi. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Now, I, I've been following you on Facebook for a little while, and I, the reason I followed you is because I realized, well, I guess when you were in the U.S. this past year, every time I saw you, you were on a friend of mine's Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured everybody I knew, you knew. So, hey, and then I saw your what you were doing in Kosovo, and very impressive, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. But that's why I wanted to touch base with you and get you on the podcast today. Well, it's great to be here. And I just checked your website earlier, and I saw that you have interviewed some of my friends. And it was really interesting to have all these common friends. So I guess this is really nice to be here. And I hope that we can reveal so much about Kosovo's outreach and our program over here. 
I hope so. Now, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself, those of you listeners that don't know you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am uh, 23 years old from Republic of Kosovo, which is uh, a very young country in southern east of Europe. Um, I am a student uh, doing my bachelor degree in geography at University of Pristina, and I am also the head for the Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo, which is a nonprofit organization, uh, which uh, missions is to popularize the science of astronomy and to do public educating to our community. Because in my country, we do not have observatories or um, uh, astronomy departments or any institutions that does um, exploring or uh, things for astronomy. So I think it was very necessary to um, found a program like this, which has done pretty much a huge impact in the last couple of years. Yeah, I see that. Um, is, is there someone that influenced you in astronomy that got you motivated for this? Well, it's pretty difficult to say that someone has influenced me since in my country here we do not have astronomers. And it's funny because when I travel to other countries through the world, I see people telling me that, oh, yeah, I've got inspired because I have been in a star party or my dad bought me a telescope when I was this years old and stuff like that. But with me, it's different because I had none of these to actually inspire me. But what happened was uh, when I was three years old in 1999, um, my country was actually involved in a conflict with Serbia. It was a um, very bad war at that time, but... Even though um, down here it was a mess, up in the sky it was happening a spectacular phenomenon, which we know as a solar eclipse. And as a young kid, having to view a solar eclipse for the first time, even though we didn't have telescopes and solar glasses like I do now, back then we tried to observe the solar eclipse through a bucket filled with water in the oh, reflection. My and it was really nice. It somehow captured my attention, and that was the sparkle that made me love steel objects. And since then, I have not let this uh, dream fade away. I have been trying to learn astronomy in books and using internet. And um, this was also one of the reasons why I learned English, because we have very limited books that are about astronomy. And even though I don't speak very, very well English, uh, my accent is not so good, but I try my best. And it has been wonderful, because this also allowed me to speak with astronomers around the world and get to know more about the science, have different experiences by traveling and getting to visit large observatories, which I will mention some later. But uh, this was the way how I started into astronomy, and it, it has not been easy after all, because um, being somehow single-handed, it's not that I founded this organization, and now I have about 200 other people after me, who we all work together, and we're just making a change. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, that's amazing. Uh, do you have a telescope currently? 
Um, I I owe about eight telescopes. Oh my goodness! Though... <laughs> equipment, but they are not very big. The largest one I have is an eight-inch Newtonian. These telescopes as a donation from international astronomers, including the ones from uh, Germany, from Austria, from USA, and a lot more of these equipments. I would say 50% of them came as a donation from uh, Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy Project with director Stephen Remsden, who's located in Georgia. Mm-hmm. He has been supporting our program very much and I am very thankful to him because if I didn't have to do any outreach or any kind of great activity because it's the telescope that actually gets the attention to people and the students and kids and everyone. And it's amazing when I just get these telescopes out there and show the sun or stars or any object planets to the people and you will all always see that wow expression in everyone's face but it also helped me very much gain experience in observing um i remember when i got my first telescope in 2011 it was a three inch newtonian very small but to me it was like having the hubble space telescope <laughs> because yeah it meant very much to me but it has been helping me because i learned how to observe how to find objects in galaxies. Right now I have got very much interested in asteroids and I am also being interested in accessing observatories uh, with remote control online where I can observe more faint asteroids and practice occultations or asteroids photometry and um, learn more how to um, get data from these and uh, analyze it and somehow just show it to people what an amateur astronomer can do. Yeah, and speaking of asteroids, I believe 45687 means something to you? Sorry? Uh, I believe a number 45687 might mean something to you. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's my lovely asteroid. Well, I I would say lucky that... Uh, the Minor Planet Center has um, named an asteroid after me. I was nominated to them by astronomer Rick, Richard Hill, who works for the Catalina Sky Survey, and this asteroid was um, actually discovered from them. And it's amazing since I have a somehow I pa- I'm passionate about asteroids, uh, knowing that I have one right now that holds my name and it's flying in space, it's just wonderful, and it's going to be there forever, unless it doesn't impact somewhere, but this also means a lot for our nation, Albanian nation, because it's the first celestial body that holds an Albanian name. Oh, that's so fantastic. My name, yeah, my name in uh, in English uh, means spring, so it's like primavera in, in Italian, so... It's very nice. It's every very nice, and everyone was so excited. And I have received uh, congratulations also from the government and other people that were really proud of that. That's fantastic. Now, talk to me a little bit about the Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy Project. Um, yeah, I mentioned that this program is located in Georgia, in Atlanta. 
But uh, this program has 23 different chapters around the world, including the one in Kosovo, which is my organization, Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo. Stephen Ramsden has done a wonderful job. He is an astronomer and he's focused in studying the, uh, the sun and through spectroscopy and through solar telescopes. So basically, he has helped these chapters around the world who are located in so many places and some which are not very much developed, like Kosovo or Pakistan or Tunisia and other places in Southern America and everywhere like that. He found these astronomy groups, which he helped by donating equipment like he has sent to us uh, many telescopes, which some of them are solar telescopes and belongs to different wavelengths. So thanking him and his program right now, um, my team and I and everyone in Kosovo can view the sun in three different wavelengths. And also visible light. He has also been sending thousands and thousands of solar glasses, which we share for free to the people. And it's amazing to have solar telescopes because the benefit is when we do outreach in schools, which school session is mainly during the day, it's very easy to go out there during the day and set up solar telescopes, then waiting the whole night to view some planets or something like that. And he has also been in Kosovo, Mr. Ramsden spent 10 days over here in 2016, and it was very nice because for the first time, an international astronomer decided to come to our country and teach our students into spectroscopy and solar astronomy. We have done a few activities in some of the cities here, and um, I also met him a couple of times when I was in America on my trips him very much for doing all this not only for our country but for so many other people and change their life forever that's fantastic yeah solar astronomy is a great avenue for doing outreach because like you said it's during the day and relatively simple instruments you can do just basic solar observing with and you don't have to wait for dark skies yeah. and things like that <laughs> definitely that's great uh what is what you mentioned earlier that growing up there weren't astronomers in uh, in Kosovo. What is amateur astronomy like right now in Kosovo? Right now, it's getting better because um, I founded AOK about four years ago, and I was all alone back then. But by doing so many activities, by creating a large network with international astronomers, this very much helped my program and our country because we were getting so many other students interested in the same subject. And right now, I mentioned earlier that my organization has over 200 mm -hmm. students and professors that works together. We have astronomy subject uh, which students learn in schools, which is in the 12th grade in the high schools, I guess. And it's not very much. It's mainly basics, and they just learn about planets and such, but they never get to observe. So it's, it's, it's a whole different story if you observe the sun and if you learn or read about it in the book, which 
you can see things with a telescope, you can understand everything better, not just about the sun, but I'm talking about every other object. And all these activities we have been doing in Kosovo in the last four years, we have been trying to set up our equipment in every city, in every village, including urban places and also rural places where, with like smaller schools. But our mission was to give the opportunity and access for everyone to observe, to learn. We have done many presentations. We have been trying to bring over international astronomers and aerospace engineers to teach us about different kind of topics, which includes astrophysics and spectroscopy, astronomy, optics, aerospace engineering, rockets, and everything possible that covers about space exploration. And it has been different because right now we have also got the government involved in all this. And it's so amazing because when government decides to do something in this field, it's a bigger help for us as well because we have developed programs together in cooperation with the Ministry of Education, Science and Technology. In 2017, we have been doing this program where we went in every high school to teach them about astronomy. Of course, I'm not an expert and neither are my friends, but we have at least an experience in this and we have been somehow self-taught and we have been having trips out of the country. We learned how to observe. Uh, we learned things about astronomy and all that knowledge we're trying to share with other people. And finally, I think our country in this last decade is going toward another field that has been undeveloped before here. It, it has been unknown for our people. And we're very proud of that. And I believe that in the future, it's going to be even better than this. Yeah. Astronomy is a hobby that a lot of people do alone. You know, they'll take their telescope out at night and they'll do their observations. They'll make their take their photographs and things like that. What prompted you to to get this deep into outreach? Well, um, it's amazing, of course, when you get out there by yourself, you set the telescope, and um, I do that very often. I just go outside in my backyard, and I set up my telescopes, I get the cameras, I try to test into astrophotography, but um, my story is a little different because I am in this place where I didn't have other people into astronomy, and... Whenever someone sees me with a telescope or when they observe through my telescope, they always get so much impressed. So by seeing how much impressed they get, how much um, they want to do the same and how much interested they are in astronomy, this was one of the facts that made me just go out there and somehow discover other people with the same passion. And it has been perhaps one of the greatest steps that I ever took to found this organization because through that, now we have students that wants to become planetary scientists, wants to become astronomers. And imagine what that could mean for our country to have the first astronomers ever 
And I believe that in the near future, we will be having a special department at University of Pristina, which will be dedicated for astronomy and astrophysics. So our students don't have to leave the country and go somewhere else to get educated, but they can stay here, they can study, they can do, they can specialize in a special field in astronomy. And um, this can happen by working hard, by not giving up, and that's what we are actually doing. Uh, you are a good example of working hard in this field, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Now, you started the organization Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo. Was that your brainchild, and how did you go about organizing it? Um, I started doing activities like eight years ago. By now, I started doing activities by myself, but I spent like three or four years doing You, you were 15 at the time, right? Um, yeah, I guess so. I was. I Most 15-year-olds aren't doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny because, look, um, having a small telescope and being young, so you're going in this new school asking them their staff to do an activity in their school, they will just look at you like, what is she trying to do here? She's so young, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not, it wasn't easy to start and organize everything, but, um, but someday I just got this idea to do an organization and it was different because we are a nonprofit organization, an NGO, and which is now somehow officially you can get um, programs to develop and you can get funds also from government and it's different when it gets official and um, I remember the first activity I have been doing with the AOK which was two months later after I founded it I noticed that there was a solar eclipse happening which was in March 2015 so um, I said, okay, back then in, in the late 90s, I observed the eclipse through a bucket filled with water. <laughs> but right now I had like solar telescopes and thousands of solar glasses, which I share for free to people. And I said, okay, I will take my telescopes and go in the capital city in Pristina in the main square where I can find all the people moving around. And I will just invite people to look at the solar eclipse. So I went there. I remember my family came with me to help me set up everything and because um, I had a display with books and photographs and everything. Um, but guess what? In less than an hour, 8,000 people showed up. Oh, my goodness. It, it was really difficult to manage all that because I didn't have people to actually help me except my parents, my sister, my brother. But... It was amazing to see all these people come and observe. And I think it was one of the largest activity that I ever done since I founded this organization. Later on, we, um, we have done more activities because uh, in that activity, I've got to know more people. We did another big one, I remember, which was Mercury Transit on May of And that was also huge like that. We were in Pristina in the square and a lot of people showed up. And it's always amazing to see these huge crowds of people coming to observe and wanting to get um, knowledge in astronomy. 
it's just an inspiration to us. That's that's fascinating and amazing. That's wow. <laughs> now you've 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 talked about traveling internationally as well. I mean, like I said, you came to into my focus when you came to the U.S. Talk to me about your trips uh, trips here. Um, yeah, I was very lucky because usually um, we say about social media they are bad, but if you ask me, I wouldn't say that. I would say social media are amazing if you use them in the right way. So I used Facebook to literally contact people, astronomers and from all around the world. And this is healthy because in 2016, I have got invitations from these astronomers that I knew online to travel to Europe countries, to Australia, and also to America, which was my dream to come to America. And uh, through all my travels, it has been a change. It has been happening in the last three years. But what I have been learning and experiencing in the last three years, I haven't experienced in my whole life. It was amazing in the first point that I was meeting astronomers, real astronomers that did their study and put their whole life and work into the field of astronomy and regular observers and also discoverers of comets and asteroids, also visiting large observatories and everything like that. It, I just still can't remember. I mean, I can't forget the feeling I had when I walked for the first time in an observatory in Planetarium, which was in 2016 in Australia. But coming to America, it was... It was all different because I was invited to actually speak in some of the largest star parties and astronomy gatherings. Uh, the first person that invited me to come to America was Mr. Robert Reeves mm -hmm. from Texas. He asked me to be their keynote speaker at Texas Star Party, which um, is every year in Fort Davis of Texas. So I accepted the invitation and I flew in America in 2017 for the first time so instead of being only for one week in texas as i was invited i ended up being in america for four months and traveling in 17 different states and this happened all because these people on facebook all these astronomers were aware that i'm in america so mm -hmm. all of them wanted to invite me to their place or to their observatory or to speak in another place and it was overwhelming for me so um after texas star party i also was um i went to space fest to where else i can't even remember i visited so many places and observatories i also visited mcdonald observatory i met many nasa astronauts and moonwalkers I visited the meteor crater in Arizona and a lot more. I also was in some of the NASA centers in um, Huntsville, in Florida, in Houston, and also went in the East Coast. Um, I was invited to speak at the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, which it was an honor for me to represent Kosovo in that university, knowing that it's one of the best. And like this, it has been a whole new experience 
I was very glad and it was my privilege to somehow represent my country because my mission was to come out there and speak in name of my country to tell people that what our country is doing for astronomy and even though we are a very young organization, very small and mainly very young people as members like my age, we are at least not giving up. We are trying to change the whole country with some telescopes and we were hoping for a better future. And every of them has shown support for our organization. And I'm very thankful to all of them that took care of me and literally changed my life. You are an inspiration, young lady. You really are. I mean, what what you've done so far. I mean, you're 23 for God's sakes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, it's it's I'm 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 blown away by you. I really am. What what, what have you learned in doing this process? What are some of your lessons learned? Well, some of the lessons that I have learned is as a young person, it was a challenge to travel alone. And second of all, being a female, it's never easy. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned from all of this is that you never really realize what a great impact you can do on others with a very small thing. If I was going back in time and if someone told me that someday your country will be having the first astronomy center because of you, I would never believe it. But today, it's somehow, when I think about it, it's it's amazing because I learned, first of all, to be independent. I learned that things can happen if we don't give up, if we really put work in that and show our efforts it's never going to be a vase. It's always going to make a change. And sometimes you don't realize it, but um, the success is somehow guaranteed when you just keep working. And it has not been easy also from people that, you know, people will always try to somehow bother you on the way you go somewhere. Like they will say like, okay, astronomy, it's not important. Why do we care about objects in the sky but to me it is important because after all we're all humans living in this planet which is a third away from the sun and why we are here and what are we doing here and how we ended up here or if something is threatening us from out there like an asteroid or something then we should be interested and if i knew that an asteroid is coming toward us Either if I wasn't an astronomer, of course I would be, you know, interested to know what's going to happen. So not only that, but many factors should actually raise our attention in astronomy. And I learned, I learned that things are important, not just into astronomy, but every other science. And also, it helped me understand lots of other cultures. And traveling, it's amazing for everyone. And travel, it's like reading only one page from a book, so you don't understand the whole story. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, traveling, it has been very important for me, and I will keep doing that. I have other planned trips I have this year, so I'll be doing that. And, um, yeah, this is. So t tell me about the big project, the Planetarium and Observatory of Kosovo. Yeah, this is uh, right now the largest project that my organization and I are involved. We have been dreaming for so long to have an observatory in our country. We do not have one. And I know for for you and all Americans, it's very normal to have observatories. I walked over there. I visited many people. Some of them have their own private observatories mm -hmm. in their backyard, which I was amazed, to be honest. But here we do not have that, and we wanted to make one. But um, the main issue, <clears throat> the main issue was that um, we didn't have the money. So we were thinking how to make this project possible. So we created an amendment, and we requested that to the Parliament of Kosovo, the Parliament Assembly. And um, we were very lucky because in the beginning of February of this year, our amendment were approved by the Parliament Assembly and all deputies have voted yes for that. So right now we are in the procedures of getting the funds into our bank account and start with the construction. Um, we kind of thought that the construction building will last for about five or six months. So it will be happening around October when we will be opening this. Really? <laughs> yeah. So wow. Things don't happen that fast in the United States. <laughs> well, we made sure that we're going to make it happen in, within this year. So this center actually involves an observatory which has a diameter uh, of uh, six meters and also a planetarium with a diameter of nine meters and also other offices. We made a special room for operating the telescope which will be separated from the observatory. We will have computers and softwares which will be remoting the telescope. And we will also have another hall for lectures and other presentations that people can be visiting and coming to hear everything. So um, the telescope was the main issue because when we wanted to make an observatory, we didn't know what telescope to use. I mean, making this whole building to put an 8-inch Newtonian, it was somehow, you know, small. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, when I was in America to speak at NEF, uh, the Northeast Astronomy Forum in New York last year, I was invited there by Celestron. Celestron, I assume you know, they, are, mm -hmm. they make telescopes. So uh, the CEO of Celestron, Coralie, he uh, donated me a 14-inch telescope oh, for our goodness. observatory. Fantastic. So he said that when you guys build the building, we're going to get you a 14-inch telescope, which is Schmidt-Cassegrain, and it's um, edge with the system optics. And right now we were just thinking how to bring it over here. So, yeah, we're going to have this to see more objects that we have not been able to do with these small telescopes. And also this 
uh, center is going to be the first one in Kosovo about astronomy. It's going to be available for students, for people that wants to learn, wants to observe. Uh, Ministry of Education is also showing very much support for our center. And we're just waiting to start with the construction. Now, the planetarium, what type of projector are you going to have in it? Well, the planetarium, uh, they are my friends, uh, Jack Dunn and Glenn Moore. Uh, they are actually working in that uh, direction. We were talking, first of all, when we designed the whole building, they told me that they can get me a projector, which was very simple, with a spherical mirror. But right now, after all this happened, because to be very honest, we were not expecting the Parliament Assembly to support our project. After all this happened, we have been thinking on getting a better projector. So I think we're going to get one from Illuminati. Uh, it's Illuminati company. I think they're located in the United States. Mm-hmm. I am not exactly sure what type of projector because... I don't really know them, and that's why my friends are working on that, and they're trying to suggest me some good ones that will work on this 9-meter dome. But um, I will leave it up to them. Whatever they suggest, they are experts in this field, and I will accept their advice. So um, we're also uh, thinking of getting some uh, special chairs for planetarium that can be moving, you know, so uh, I think that will be coming from Turkey, as far as I know, because we have a staff. I have a staff that is working on the project, uh, the board of directors of AOK. They're putting so much hard work on this project to be established as best as possible. Wow. Now, yeah, I've, I saw on your Facebook page the uh, video that you guys took. I think it was in somebody's apartment, it was you and, and two gentlemen, when the parliament was voting. I think it was like a 12-hour process. <laughs> and just the excitement of you every time they said yes, that was, that was a lot of fun. Indeed, it, has, it was a very, very long day that day <laughs> because we were not sure what number our amendment was. And we have been waiting from 9 in the morning to midnight to see what is going on. And we were actually surprised with a session that lasted that long, but lots of debates and lots of other projects that were to be voted before ours. But when it came to ours, I don't know, it was, I was scared. I was very nervous because I thought that it's going to not be approved and it was our only chance to have an observatory. But once it was voted, everyone was so happy, so excited and somehow our dream came true and we are just so excited to um, make this happen and to open the center in October. Before that, I'm having some trips abroad, but when I come back, I will be literally uh, doing the inauguration for the building and we will have some guests over here as well for that. Now, is the observatory going to be government operated? No, the observatory is going to be operated by my organization. Um, uh, They are only funding it, but we will be taking care of it. Uh, We will be doing the admissions and 
um, the presentations and everything that has to do with it. Also, lots of municipalities have been showing interest in supporting because uh, apart from the construction building and everything inside, we also wanted to have other infrastructure things like the water and the electricity and the road construction nearby the building and everything like that. So we wanted to make that happen, which doesn't, which isn't included in the project. But um, a, a week or two from now, I can't remember, we had a meeting with the mayor of the municipality of that city where the observatory is going to be built. Well, I'm saying city, which because the observatory is going to be built in a uh, in a rural place where it's like far away from light pollution. But this mayor has actually guaranteed all of these to be happening once we are done with the construction. So they're covering the water, hmm. the electricity and the road, which will give access to our building and it will make it easier for people to come and visit us. Do we have a name of the building yet? Um, Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Maybe of it. Uh, you, you're, you're working on it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned you have other trips. Do you have other trips to the U.S. planned? Um, yes. Uh, I will be first. I think I'll be going to Finland, oh. where my brother lives. And it will. It, it's going to be my first trip to Finland. And uh, he lives in Turku City, uh, where they have a large observatory there. And I plan on meeting these astronomers. And also, by going that far north i'm hoping to be able to see the auroras in the sky and also after that i plan to go to turkey with my uh, board uh, we are nine people and we want to go there to visit some of their their uh, departments of astronomy which are in four different universities and also to observe um to visit some observatories and some of the telescopes. And I guess this would give us an experience in observing and operating telescopes, which are going to be the same size as our 14-inch. So we would be better experienced in using and operating our observatory. After that, I will be going to Switzerland I am invited in attending Starmus. I'm not exactly sure if you heard about it, but it's a very large convention which gathers together all the astronauts and people that won Nobel Prizes and uh, astrophysicists and planetary scientists and amateur astronomers and all these people together. They spend like for five days, and this year it's being held in Zurich, in Switzerland. So I will be attending that, and I'm looking forward to meeting some of the really known people like Bill Nye and astronauts that walked on the moon and many of them. Uh, from Switzerland, I will be traveling to Argentina to view the total solar eclipse, which is occurring on July 2nd. And from Argentina, I'm traveling back to United States again for the fifth time or so. <laughs> so I plan on going to South Carolina, which I'm working on a project about asteroids photometry uh, with my friend um, Hap Griffin. And also I will be going to Dallas to speak in one of their events there. I will be going to Florida, which I was invited to be a speaker this year, again in Alton Convention by the Astronomy League. 
They're also having a cruise to the Bahamas. So I will be going there with them. And also I will be back at Space Fast again for the third time, which is another convention. And it's always held in uh, Tucson. And I'm planning to be to meet lots of friends there and so many from the Space Hipsters group and, of course, more astronauts. Fast. Well, you, you are a, a world traveler. <laughs> well, I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> now, now, you mentioned you mentioned visiting your brother and things. What does your family think of what you've done? Oh, oh well, I don't know. I guess they're proud of it. I, I'm saying that because they support me so much. I remember when I started into astronomy, my parents were a little hesitating to support me because uh, they were afraid that if I start doing in, and working into astronomy, I will not be able to have a future here in Kosovo because <laughs> of the environment and everything. But right now, they're seeing that the whole thing was about making a change here. And they're seeing that. And they're very proud of it. They're supporting me very much. Um, they support me every day. My brother, I only have a brother and three sisters. They always come with me when I have something or when I need their help. Especially yesterday, I was invited to do an interview in Albania, which is the other country nearby. And um, I had to go there by car, so my dad decided to be my chauffeur <laughs> and drive me there. And so, yeah, I mean, they would do anything to make possible for me to reach my dream. Well, that's that's fantastic, and I'm sure I'm sure they're very very proud of you. Thank you very much, and it's been amazing to be here in this interview with you. Thank you. Um, you've done so much. What's next? What's next? Um, that's a good question. Um, right now, I'm very much focused in this observatory, establishing the first one here and making this possible. But also, I'm focused very much in my studies. I am uh, doing my bachelor degree in geography, and right now, I am very close to graduating. I have only got six more exams from my fi finals to finish. I've had some more, but I finished seven of them um, the last three weeks. It has been very overwhelming somehow. It kept me very busy, but I'm very happy that I'm getting close to it. So once I graduate in September, I'm planning to apply for my PhD at University of Arizona in Tucson. I want to do my PhD in planetary sciences. And not only that, I will be applying applying in a few universities over in America in order to make sure that maybe one of them will be interested to get me. I don't know yet, but I aim of being a planetary scientist. I don't know. You seem I, like kind of a slacker. I think they might, like, you know, not not take you on. <laughs> no, it's okay. And. Uh, <laughs> And then I will, um, I want to study exoplanets and, um, you know, other planets in the solar system. Since I'm doing geography, it's very helpful because if I am, if I know our planet enough, the geology and climate and everything with, within our planet, it would help me to step into another planet like Mars or Venus or others to study their environment. And, uh, that's what I'm aiming on doing. And of course, always supporting Kosovo. 
That's good. I like that. Now, part of part of this interview process we do, I have 10 questions I like to ask the interviewees. So if you don't, we can go through them, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? How what? Weird. Weird. Oh, God. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. You, you, you want to explain that? Um, I don't know. It's not that I am maybe weird, but I see people seeing me as a weird, maybe because I'm doing a whole new science, which is not common in our place. Maybe that is. Okay. Okay. What the, what's the furthest you've ever traveled for an astronomy event? Australia. Okay. And what was that? Uh, it was uh, Brisbane. Okay. What's your go-to food order at your favorite restaurant? In Kosovo or America? Anywhere you want. Your favorite restaurant? in and out Burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I liked you. <laughs> and Don't you love the in and out Burgers? I love it, and I'm somehow addicted to it. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I, I tell you, you come to California, and we'll go have In-N-Out Burgers together, okay? Sounds like a deal. All right. What's your? I think I know the answer to this one, but what is your most memorable astronomical event? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe Space Fast. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say the first solar eclipse you saw. Mm, Space Fuzz was really interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, are there any books that really inspired you? Uh, books. Mm, I have read many of them, but the one that actually inspired me are the ones from Patrick Moore. Oh, okay. Any one in particular? Uh... All of them. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Yeah, author. it's hard to choose. Yeah. If you were stranded on a dark site, deserted island, what telescope would you want with you? Mm, okay. If we're talking about telescopes that I could carry, perhaps. Any telescope. Any telescope. I would love a 60 inch reflector the one which is actually installed in the mount wilson observatory because that was the telescope that had the best views in my life of planets did you go when scott roberts was there um scott roberts resort no scott he did a uh, yeah from uh, explore scientific he had a a night uh mount wilson not too long ago Oh, uh, yeah, he was just a day after I went there, oh. so I didn't get to meet him. I met Scott Roberts a few times in America, but not there. But I had a very nice tour for the whole night with um, Giovanni Samosa, mm -hmm. uh, who also works in, uh, in Griffith Observatory. Okay. So it was very nice. Uh, getting to observe with that telescope was just one of the best views I ever had from any other telescope in the world. And what did you observe that night? We observed <clears throat> some of the planets. I remember it was Jupiter and Saturn that I have never seen them like that. I remember seeing the red spot in Jupiter's atmosphere, which 
was very, very clear. I was really somehow feeling sad that I didn't have a camera to take pictures. Mm. But I was the, not the only one. We were like a whole group of people observing, so we didn't have much time to spend each of us on the telescope. I remember observing other uh, galaxies, some double stars, and some um, asterisms. And um, after I left, they told me that they observed Pluto. Oh. And I wasn't there. I feel bad, but I had to leave because uh, my driver was, like, getting really tired. <laughs> well, that 14-inch Celestron, you'd be able to look at Pluto. Well, I am so much looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, if you were stranded on a dark site, deserted island, what music would you want with you? If I tell you, will you be mad? Why would I be mad? Because <laughs> I like American rap. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and, and any rap oh, artist friends, in particular? Anybody in particular? Uh, I like um, 50 Cent. I like Drake, even though he's from Canada. I like his songs. Okay. So you put your headphones on, you're listening to Drake while you're looking through your telescope? Like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mental picture of that right now. Okay, that's good. <laughs> What now? This isn't. What what advice would you give the twelve year old you? I would tell them that don't let your don't let your dream somehow fade away. And there is a saying: if your dream doesn't scare you enough, then it's not that big. So dream something that is amazing, that could be an adventure for your whole life and something that would somehow change your life. And of course, just to tell them not to really give up no matter what happens, because someday you're going to look back and you won't believe what you did. And I don't think in your DNA is the possibility of giving up from what I've seen. (laughs) Okay, here's a tough one. Cake or pie? Cake. What kind of cake? Um, chocolate. Something oh. that has to do with chocolate. Cho- chocolate I inside, like- chocolate outside, chocolate on top. <laughs> 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 All right. And who has had the single most influence in you in astronomy? Carl Sagan. If we're talking about people that are not anymore, but as they are now, that people that influenced a lot in me is Stephen Ramsden. Okay. But Carl Sagan. Aren't you kind of like the Carl Sagan for Kosovo? Um, I would, I think I'm too small to be compared with him, but Look I Look at what you've done for that country. Cool. Well, thank you. And, and the outreach and the, and, you're building an observatory and a planetarium. I don't think well, Carl Sagan ever built a planetarium and an observatory. Well, he did more. He has inspired yeah. thousands around the world. He inspired me. I, I saw him at UCLA when I was young, and it's that was a motivational uh, time in my life. So uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Well, um, I would just like to thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be a guest here in your podcast. 
And of course, I would like to thank everyone who listens to this. It's my pleasure to be here, and I hope to come back again with greater news in the future. Thank you, Anne Vera. It's been an honor to speak to you, and I wish you a lot of luck with uh, the observatory. I hope you guys open on time. I'll be following it all on Facebook, and hopefully sometime when you make it out here to California, we can have, share a double-double uh, together. <laughs> Thank you very much, and I hope to meet you soon. All right. And how can everybody get a hold, hold of you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Pramvera Husseini. I'm very active there, so I'm like 24-7. Yes, you are. And, of course, they can follow us on Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo page on Facebook. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's my pleasure. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I really want to thank our special guest, Pranvera Haisimi, for coming on the podcast. She's an amazing, amazing young woman, and the work she has done in her country, I have faith in the youth. I really do. It's really amazing. Uh, we upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please, please, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the special producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his continued generous support. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at observersnbpod. Until next time. My hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.